Hello and welcome to another edition of the Hooligan Report. I'm your host as always, SM, and with me tonight I have Cookson. Hello. We have Boyan Can't Kick. Address. And joining us after um, a rather out-of-character win, we have NUFC Tiger. Get in! <laughs> <laughs> we'll, start, we'll start with you, mate. Um, how did it feel to finally get a win on the board, and especially one of such a magnitude? Um, yeah, it was a bit of a surprise, actually. Um, as most people probably know, we got uh, destroyed by City last time out. Um, so I think we're sort of down in the dumps a bit, and... Um, you know, the talk about uh, if McLaren would make it to Christmas and, um, you know, the dreaded R word for relegation. Um, so it certainly was a big surprise to see us come out and uh, kick a relatively handy score. Um, our goal difference has taken a nice, healthy uh, increase, which is always going to probably play a big part uh, later in the season. But, um, yeah, just really, really happy with to get that first win on the board. So, uh Hopefully we'll uh, take that into our next game, which is uh, the one we all want to win. So, <laughs> well, certainly in good form heading into that one. Um, obviously, the star of the show was well. I mean, I guess there's probably two that you could talk about in Wijnaldum and also Sissoko. Uh, who did you see as man of the match? Yeah, I was trying to th- have a think about who I would have given it to. I guess um, uh, for Naldum with his four goals, it's pretty hard to. Um, But at the same time, you know, Sissoko provided four assists, um, which I guess at the end of the day, an assist is probably just as good as a goal. Um, Doesn't really matter who gets the goal and puts it into the net, but um, if someone's creating those chances and someone in the team is the recipient of it, um, it's all all good. So. Well, it's, it's pretty good stats for both of them. I think Vinaldum's only the second player after Shearer to score four goals for Newcastle, and Sissoko's the first player since Andy Cole to, to get three assists for um, for the team. So uh, it's certainly rewriting the record books in that sense, and I guess it, it's the first time in a couple of years I think that you've, you've scored six goals. doesn't happen too often for most teams, but obviously good to be amongst the goals heading into the derby. Yeah, exactly right. Um, I guess probably the last two years or so we've probably been on the uh, receiving end of those six goal thumpings so um, it's sort of nice to be the uh, team sort of dishing them out at the same time um, I guess that being said uh, unfortunately the Mackhams always seem to find another gear when it comes <laughs> to the party, which is uh, the end of my existence and um, as they've done in recent years they've uh, recently replaced their manager so I was going to say, it seems to be their, their strategy. It's just, you know, sack the manager, bring a new one in to win the derby and rinse and repeat. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, yeah, as long as the manager uh, pulls something out of his butt at the end of the season and they stay off, um, I don't think they mind too much. But, um, yeah, hopefully uh, Stevie Wonder's up to the challenge and um, he'll hopefully get us that uh, elusive win in the derby that we're all craving. So, <laughs> fingers crossed. Yeah, I hope so. Um, we had another bit of a uh, drought-breaking win for your mobs, um, Boyan and Cookson, with United recording a 3-0 win over Everton, and I think that's one of a very rare win for you guys at Goodison Park. Uh, how did you guys say this one? Well, we actually played pretty well. I mean, the team was set up perfectly. Defenders were in defence. We had Herrera, 
and Schneiderlin starting. I mean, they just can run all day. They created havoc for Everton. I mean, Schneiderlin had like, what, 50-odd passes, high 50 passes at like 90% completion rate or thereabouts. I mean, he was probably our best player, and Herrera was just keeping everything ticking over, scored a wonderful goal. I mean, plenty of space in the box. And Martial was, again, fantastic on down the left-hand side. I mean, can't go past the beast man himself, Chris Smalling. <laughs> ben, is Chris Smalling the best English centre-half? Uh, right I can't see many gone past him. I don't think anyone's better than him right now. As in English, not in England, but English. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think if if someone like a Phil Jagielka or uh, John Stone, so of course he's injured at the moment, but yeah, there wouldn't be too many better than him. Not best in England, best nah, in he's... the world. Best in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who's been better, better than him over the last 12 months? In the world? Yeah. Oh, I could probably think of Maybe a few. Maybe <laughs> and of course, your man um, uh, Herrera had a had, had an alright game. Oh mate, he's a done. He's a done. Um, I'm not. Sure. There seems to be a seems to be a pattern of him going off after about 75 minutes. I'm not sure if he needs to improve his fitness base a bit more and why he hasn't done so to date. But um, whenever he plays, he's absolutely fantastic. Fantastic. Had the assist, stored a goal, and um, the goal he stored was beautifully, beautifully worked down the left-hand side, and Coleman absolutely clattered Marshall. And then Rojo's ball in, and I was actually going to make this point about um, Fornaldum as well. The ability of a central builder to run from deep and get in the box just at the right time, that's a, that's a real art form that not many midfielders can do. And Wijnaldum did it twice on the weekend, and Herrera did it in, in this game too. That that run from deep in midfield just to be in the box at the right time, and it was a fantastic goal. Um, Jadielka's basically caused the third goal. Um, and it was good to see Morten Schneiderlin get his first goal for the club. Um, but, yeah, he's not amongst the goals too often. Even at Southampton. Well, playing defensive field. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, doesn't get forward that much. So they have been using the set pieces more since he joined um, United. Uh, he dropped the pie. Van Hal dropped the pie, so gave him a good kick up the arse. And kind of to rub salt into that wound, he brought on Jesse Lingard instead of him at half time when he took off one nutter. So hopefully the pie turns around and actually, you know, head down arse up at training and try and get, try and get his spot back. Lastly, David De Gea. You see these results, and United have had a few of them over the last couple of years, you know, like 3-0 away, 3-0 last season against um, Liverpool as well at home. He's still making one-on-one saves, point-blank range saves. He is fantastic and so important to Manchester United and will probably go back-to-back-to-back player of the year. Um, for us, and might even, given how even it is, unless Jamie Vardy keeps bloody scoring, <laughs> he, he might even be up there for 
And he's even doing it without diving in the box this season. I'm, I'm actually amazed that he can manage to score without having to go down for a cheap penalty. Buddy. Buddy, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, no, no, um, he's, he's been good, he's been good. Well, if he, if he keeps this up, you know, he might find his way at United. Well, I mean, that was the joke last week, and um, well, actually, I, it's a probably a perfect segue there to move on to chat about Leicester and Southampton, and, and that man again, Jamie Vardy, with two goals to yet again claw Leicester back from a 2-0 deficit. Um, but he just keeps on scoring, and, and it's the sort of form where you just can't ignore it. Uh, at, at least in the England setup, but um, he he's twenty eight, twenty nine, so he's probably a little bit too old for a move to a bigger club. You would expect. But Liverpool, maybe. Yeah, he'll go to Liverpool like Craig Bellamy. <laughs> <laughs> he goes for half a season, and you suddenly realise, oh shit. Well, in all fairness, I mean Liverpool's quite low on strikers now if they're down to their fourth choice in Origi so they could do worse than a Jamie Vardy for a season or even just the six months take him on loan Klopp <laughs> would love his pressing style you know I, I saw a stat that he's run more than any other player in the comp so far yeah. this season which is bizarre for a, for a striker yeah you know, they usually kind of work their way slowly into space and then have bursts of acceleration but he's the hardest working player in, in the league and he's actually perfect for the good compress, whatever you call Klopp's thing. Um, on that, on Leicester Southampton, I think the tinker man might be going a little bit overboard with his tinkering because he's got to play uh, Riyad Mahrez and uh, Dyer from the start because they were dead and belted by Southampton until they brought those two on and they just completely changed the game. Uh, My understanding I'm not quite is, sure why, you know, why Mahrez isn't starting? Friar Tuck. Uh, suggested that Mares was quite sore in training from a sh- shoulder injury that kept him out of the last game as well, um, but did did seem to suggest that if say if Southampton took the lead that Mares would be on pretty quickly, which indeed he was. Um, if he doesn't start next week, I think definitely there might be some sort of weird thing going on there with Ranieri. But my understanding, at least, is that it's more injury based than any sort of rotation policy. Yeah, right. The other thing I noticed from this game is that um, three of the four goals were conceded from crosses, and both teams can't defend set pieces at all. Well, I think, yeah, I think Freitag was saying the issues with Leicester are that the Southampton players were just taller than them, um, with Pelé and, um, um, oh, what's his name? That's the centre back. It's Van Dyke, uh, Fonte, all, all quite tall players. Um, so it, it is an interesting one. To see that happening. I looked um, the other guys talking talk and I said, but I do have one more point. Uh, Virgil van Dijk. The word on him at a Celtic is that um, he stores a lot of goals from centre half, but he's not actually that great a defender. So just watch out for him the next time you see Southampton play. He's not actually that good of a defender, but he's kind of like Ivanovic last year. The goals cover up the fact he's a hack. He so seems to have a very odd body shape for, that for a footballer. I, I, I turned it on, and I think it was the first time I'd had a good look at him, and he's a big lump of a man, um, so he's a bit of an odd shape, but you know, whatever works for him, if he's, if he's getting up there and throwing his weight around. <laughs> Might have just been the uh, standard definition coverage I had, it was just a fuzzy, fuzzy blurb of a blob. <laughs> um... 
We'll move on then uh, and chat about the the Liverpool Spurs game since we just touched on Klopp. And I'll get uh, NUFC's thoughts on this one first of all. Um, how do you see the appointment of Klopp as manager for Liverpool, and, and what impact do you think he'll have on their top four chances, or the, or you know just an improvement from the Rodgers style? Um, I guess the first thing that really comes to mind is it's a. I guess if I was a Liverpool supporter, I'd be pretty excited. Um, I guess Klopp's sort of the, that charismatic um, type of manager that can sort of, um, I guess, give a whatever club he's associated with uh, that sort of uh, that positive energy. And, um, you know, you get that with basically any new manager. But I guess Klopp's sort of a, a special case. He's um, probably one of the more famous uh, characters in, in football at the moment. Um, as for how I think he'll uh, go with Liverpool, um, it's probably a bit bit early to say. I'm not sure if they'll be, you know, capable of um, getting into that top four um, as the sort of season progresses. Um, I sort of think uh, the the top four of uh, the usual suspects of City, Chelsea, Man U, and Arsenal are probably going to be the ones to. Uh, end up in those top spots, but um, I certainly think Klopp potentially is an upgrade on Rogers. So um, yeah, I'll be certainly interested to see how he goes. Well, what are your thoughts, Cookson? Well, it was hyped up to be a big game, and did probably disappointed a bit. I mean, but yeah, I mean Klopp coming in should give Liverpool more energy. It, he's already given him a bit more of a hipster vibe. <laughs> <laughs> It was interesting to see that for the first time this season, uh, Liverpool, or a, an opposition team, outran Spurs. And I, I know during the week, JD2010 was going on a bit about uh, how Spurs have outrun their opponents every week. So it was quite interesting to see that an almost immediate impact from Klopp in terms of um, style of play, a much more hard-pressing style of play from Liverpool. So it, it, it certainly will be interesting to see how, how that style progresses over the coming weeks. Yeah. I mean, and you just got to look. I mean, oh, you go, Brian. It wouldn't be surprise me if Klopp's trying to use the rest of this. If he's told um, the owners that he's going to use the rest of the season to see if these players can cope with this, and the players that can't will be will be gone at, at the end of the season. Because this is the way he plays: it's the high press, constant pressing. And if the, and if they can't do it, I don't think there's much point in thinking that fourth is. Possible because he's got no pre-season. You know they've lost lots players, depth players to injury. I suspect he'll be weeding out the players that aren't suitable, like your Martin Skirtle, who was worse on ground by a mile on the weekend, and those players of, will be gone in the summer. If they get rid of guys like Skirtle, Lovren, um, Joe Allen, um, all that sort of mob, who do you do you see them bringing in players in January to sort of fill in the gaps in the meantime, or, or will those players sort of get to see the season out? I think that they'll be over... Well, are they going to get Zork from Dortmund? If they do, I suspect they'll be overhauling the scouting network and because they're going to be scouting a completely different style of player, I suspect. You know, someone that's going to have, have the acceleration and the level of endurance to cope with this tactic. I mean, because you look at it, and Rogers, he really just signed random players. He had no thought about it whatsoever. I mean, he spent, what, $300 million? Yeah, <laughs> and which Rogers signing succeeded without two? I mean, Coutinho and Sturridge. 
And it's ama- it's amazing when you have those sorts of managers taking that scattergun approach to transfers. And so so soon after Spurs made the same mistake with the bail money, that I think wasn't did Liverpool specifically come out and actually say we're not going to do a Spurs and just go out and buy a bunch of players, and then they did exactly that. Yeah, it was Rogers who said that I think. When you, when you spend a hundred million, you should be charging for the league. That's what he said. Yeah. Uh, those sorts of will always come back and bite the managers. Yeah, I mean, he's still show issue... good character. Yeah. <laughs> the issue is they still need to get better quality players. I mean, honestly, I mean, there's been talk about Henderson. I mean, but would Henderson get inside any of the top four teams? Um. Probably not. He'd probably get a go at Arsenal, I reckon. But Arsenal played a different possession. Yeah. Or faster, requires brains. He'd have to play a lot deeper and basically take the um, Coquelin role, which may not suit his game as much. But he couldn't get... I mean, you got Carrick, Schweinsteiger, Schneider, and Herrera. Yeah. Do you think he'd push out drink water from Leicester? <laughs> I'd give him a run for his money, I suppose. Again, for this again, it just Henderson really just sums up the Liverpool thing. Is like tries very best, good player, but he's lacking that extra ten percent of quality, and that's what Klopp needs to probably bring to Liverpool—the extra quality needed to become a great team. It will certainly be interesting to see if they do anything in January, given um, given the amount of long-term injuries they've now been suffering in the last few days, really. Um, but we'll, we'll move on and, and chat about one of the uh, games down the bottom of the table between two teams that are probably battling it out for a relegation <laughs> spot. And um, Chelsea just managed to come out on top against Villa in a in a two nil two nil win at two nil win at the Bridge, uh, which is great for their survival chances. Um, and I think, and I think, own goals. Who's now leading their goal scoring team yes. managed to bag another one for them. <laughs> well, um, sorry, yeah. it's conceivable that own goals will be the highest scorer in every team on this planet. Yeah, I think I think I saw your comment about that in yeah. the um, international thread, and that's probably a pretty valid observation. Um, do we see Chelsea sort of turning a corner now that Ivanovic has gone and got himself injured, and they've actually had to bring in a decent player to cover for him? <laughs> People don't like to wish injuries on anyone. I'm sure we speak a lot about it, but I'm pretty sure every Chelsea supporter was secretly very happy. And the supporters of every other club were secretly, or not so secretly, gutted. <laughs> yeah. Um, NUFC. Sorry, I was just going to ask NUFC how he saw this one since it's down his end of the table, I guess. <laughs> at the moment, sorry, no, 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 man to cause, don't mean to cause offence. <laughs> oh, no, that's all right. I uh, certainly keep a lookout on the teams that are floating around near us just to uh, see how the relegation battles um shaping up. But um, I only saw the highlights of this game, but um, from what I sort of read, it sounded like it was a fairly uh, I guess standard win for Chelsea. Um. I guess it helped with our uh, own goals contribution. Which is, um, <laughs> certainly, uh, I think Arsenal was benefiting from uh, his services earlier in the season as well. But um, um, no, I think you know, obviously Chelsea have got a lot of quality in their squad, and 
um, I guess the sort of off-field controversy with Mourinho and um, uh, things that maybe were a bit of a distraction to their team um, possibly might have played a factor in them um, having a bit of a uh, hangover from last season, I guess. But um, I can sort of suspect they'll break away from the uh, relegation pack and maybe start pushing <laughs> into that mid-table bracket. So, um, uh, they might be able to consolidate mid-table, you mean, Jay? That'd, that'd be a good season for them. Yeah, well, it's an upward trajectory, so um, <laughs> you've got to be happy with that, I suppose. So um, it'll be interesting to see how they go. <laughs> Um, and actually, there's a rumor going around about the Eva Canario thing. Yeah. Apparently, Mourinho's wanted. He didn't want. Who did Chelsea sign? They got Falcao and someone else, right? Uh, Baba. Baba Rahman. Uh, no, just wait. Give me one moment. That French person. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, the... no. Apparently, yeah. He wanted. He didn't want to sign Falcao, and he wanted a midfielder. Because the reason why he's telling Fabregas is shit. And he's also saying that Matic is shit. Well, apparently he's had a big falling out with Hazard before the season started as well. Yeah. But the rumour is, though, that Ava Canario was on the transfer <laughs> committee side of really tight with sweat. someone who's in charge that that Maria, Mariana, Grana, Granny Shagra or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, apparently she's Roman's Abramovich's person at the football club. Right. Jesus. And she was withholding funds from Mourinho to upgrade the team, (laughs) and Mourinho got pissed off, so he's pretty much sacked Eva, because Eva was, again, more on the Abramovich side, and... This sounds like it's coming straight from Faith. (laughs) (laughs) It's surprisingly not. It's actually come from a better source than Faith. Right, okay. But yeah, that's apparently it. Mourinho's trying to create a power play between himself and <laughs> half the people at the club. Jeez. Um, oh, it's an interesting one with Chelsea. They're a bit of a bit of a, an interesting story at the moment. But uh, the other side of the coin is Aston Villa, who are struggling pretty hard under Sherwood. And I think he actually came out this week and said that he's bored by Villa. So... Um, <laughs> I don't know what that says about the fans. I mean, when your own manager's kind of falling asleep at games, but eight po- uh, four points from safety. Um, them and Sunderland are looking pretty pretty bleak. Newcastle obviously picking up the wins kind of helped them close the gap with Bournemouth, but do we see Sherwood sticking around for much longer? How does they got a job in the first place? That's my question. I mean, he's just not a good manager. Just sack him, get someone decent in. <laughs> I'm not so sure. I mean, in this game, they had they had some chances, and Chelsea only it was very unconvincing from them when they weren't great defensively. The only chances Chelsea had came from stuff ups by Villa, like that second yeah. goal, the keeper fired a bullet pass to that um, defender, and he had nowhere to go because there was a well, Costa was basically goal hanging, and then. Willian pinched it and just tossed it in for him. Then there was the, was the own goal, another defensive um, mistake. Mistake. So uh, I don't think we can really blame tactics for, for uh, um, 
for that. But the mail is that Moyes will be coming home. Devilla, right? Moyes okay. Well, I mean that yeah. makes sense because he's struggling a bit with um, Sociedad. Yeah, one of the Sociedad players apparently yelled at him, said Moyes go home. Yeah, heard that. <laughs> but I'm quite happy that I've expelled all memory of him managing <laughs> my club. <laughs> Oh dear. Um, it's a bad the, dream. I'd, I'd never want to wake up from. Um, the other big result from the weekend was uh, Man City thumping Bournemouth 5 1 and Sterling bagging his first senior hat trick, which I'm sure Liverpool supporters would have been very happy to watch uh, as he celebrated in Sky Blue. But um, Bonnie also had a great game for City, kind of stepping up in the absence of Aguero. So it's probably great signs for City supporters that even though Aguero is only three or so weeks away, um, that they have a pretty ready-made replacement for him. Again, you talk about Sterling, you talk about Bernie, but De Bruyne again just controlled the game. He was very good. And it's amazing that someone like Navas can end up with two assists after um, his attempt at scoring. We tried his hardest not to score from an open goal. And I'm sure he'll. I'm sure he'll claim, "No, I was just being selfless, passing off to Sterling to give him the hat trick. I was holding up play till he got there, you know, <laughs> cutting back inside after an open goal to wait for the keeper to get back, you know." So he was pretty lucky it ended up being a goal. Um, but the other main player who was in the spotlight after Navis. a few stuff ups yeah. from that game is Federici. Sorry, did you want to talk about Navas first? I'm just saying that he's a donkey. <laughs> Yeah, the right proper shop over game. He's a he's a very fast donkey, but he um, has a few issues. Yeah. <laughs> Did anyone see the um, stone wall obvious penalty that Optimendi should have given away before City scored their first goal? Um, I might have missed it. I think I missed the start of the game. Well, Glenn Murray basically. Got Tato from behind. Ottomani didn't get the ball, brought him to, to ground and then handballed it. <laughs> it was very early on in the game and then City basically broke and goal and then I'm not saying it would have changed. Yeah, yeah. Changed anything. But it was kind of like, come on. That did like, I mean, I'm sure it'll be fine and Foreigners who come to the league uh, some time and the benefit of the doubt, but he hasn't looked too flat so far. Yeah. And for a team that, you know, a fairly dominant fence often looks a bit susceptible. Well, it'll be interesting because I think Company was meant to be due back this game, but uh, for one reason or another had to settle for a spot on the bench, I think he was. Um, so hopefully he's back in the next week or so for City fans um, to kind of shore up that defence. But when you've had, when you've got a right back playing at left back in um, Sanya, uh, the defence is always going to be a bit iffy, I think. Yeah. Um, and then Arsenal got a pretty routine victory over Watford, winning three nil. Um, Sanchez amongst the goals again. Um, credit where it's due to Watford, though. I think th- there was a stat a few weeks ago. I don't know if it still holds true that they don't, they hadn't conceded a single goal in the first half. Uh, and I noticed Arsenal only scored the first goal uh, in the 60th minute, so it may well still be an accurate stat. But, I mean, you mentioned them before the season started Boyan as a side. 
likely to stay up, uh, but they're certainly doing quite well for themselves. They've got some good players there. They do. And they, they play reasonable football. Um, I saw a couple of things from this game. Arsenal's first goal came after Capoue, uh, um, one of their better players, got fouled right on the edge of the box. It wasn't a penalty, but it was definitely a foul. The ref basically bottled it. All of Watford's players switched off, and Arsenal went straight down the other, other end and scored to make it 1-0. And... Petr Cech handballed that outside the box, didn't he? That's not just my eyes. Yeah, yeah. That was definitely a handball. Well, it looked like it, yeah. So I'm not quite sure what's going on there with the ref for that one. And I and I hate and I had to bring it up, um, but it's giving me a few flashbacks from last season where you see, for instance, for Hull, we had a few incidents like that go against us early in the season, and and I sat there on you know after the final day bemoaning the fact that you know you have a few decisions like that go against you costing you results and you wait for the swings and roundabouts uh, and they never come for the small teams <laughs> um, so it can be pretty rough to rough to be on the end of those and, and as you were just mentioning the, the lack of a penalty call for Bournemouth and that incident for Watford um, more often than not it does seem to involve the smaller clubs and I think Mumba would be very quick to um, deny that. I, rem- I remember there being a f- <laughs> few discussions on the board surrounding that, but um, the evidence doesn't seem to lie in this case. Oh, well, I mean, it's just it could just be coincidence. There's naturally, I think, a rub of the green or benefit of the doubt goes to the big team or the popular team. At the time, but um, yeah, the swings and roundabouts thing, it, it's easy for the people who get the benefit of the decision to m- make that call. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll move on then, and there's only news only broke tonight uh, of Leeds sacking their manager, and I thought I'd bring this up just for the pure fact that Leeds' owner has been in charge for two years and is already on to his sixth manager. Um so what do you guys make of that? And I suppose Newcastle's probably a pretty comparable club in the sense that um, there's a bit of an eccentric owner there uh, the fans aren't too happy with, and there's been a bit of a switching around of managers a little bit lately. Um, what, what's what's the story with Leeds, and how can they sort of... They're a big club. They, they should be doing a lot better than they are. Um, how do you guys see Leeds sort of picking themselves up? Well... You can't really expect the manager to change things around in 12 games. I mean, there was yeah, there was a post on the board from someone saying, you know, shock horror, manager performing poorly gets sacked. But I think it's a bit of a cop out to say that he should be sacked because he's been performing poorly after 12 games. Yeah, it's pretty harsh. I mean, I think I think he'd only lost them about three or four games. They had a bunch of draws, but they weren't performing too poorly. Again, probably it's just one of those sliding doors. Seems a bit of luck goes the manager's way. He's still in the job, but again, there's just some managers are just, or some chairman are just too quick to sack, and others really should need a quick sacking. But the idea is to find the right one. Do you guys see any hope that Leeds can sort of um, pick themselves back up? Maybe get a new owner. I know there was talk of Russell Crowe 
very um, <laughs> briefly <laughs> was being was being um, called in by some supporters on Twitter who wanted you know anyone but the current owner to take charge. Do you see, in all seriousness, anyone actually managing to save that club and bring them back up? Because they're they're a big club that probably deserves to be in the Premier League. I think they sold most of their assets to pay off their debts. I don't think there's much much left, to be honest. And you're going to need to extract the current owner, similar to kind of is it the Oysters with with Blackpool. You're going to need to really force these guys out, and it's up to the FA to really drive that to force these guys out if you want these clubs to turn around. Yeah, well, I mean, <clears throat> personally, I enjoy hating leads, but I'd rather have a you know, competitive leads than one that seems to be on a downwards trajectory. So um, hopefully that can all pick up there. But we'll, we'll move on now and, and chat about the next set of fixtures coming up. Um, <clears throat> well, well, first we might actually touch on the Champions League games midweek. Um, who've, who've, who've United got? CS, CSK, Moscow and Moscow. Um, chances in chances in that one should be pretty comfortable favourites or, or do you see it being more of a um, tough test? It'll be a tough game because, again, you're flying over to Moscow midweek and that's never a pleasant experience, especially when it's a bit cold. But we need to play the right team and just try to hit them on the counter. Just have a typical away game. Just win two nil, three nil. Given given the um, the game on the weekend that you guys will be um, coming up against Man City, do you think it'll be a heavily rotated side that you take over? Play Memphis. He's the Champions League specialist. <laughs> yep. Play him on, on the left hand side. No, I don't think Van doesn't do much of a. Rotation from what I've seen. If he did, we'd have seen, we'd have had a James Wilson sighting by now. Um, so I'd expect it to be a relatively strong team if they get the three, if they get the three points here. You know, um, we'll go a long way towards automatic qualification and top spot. Is it on that stupid synthetic pitch? I think it might be over there. I'm not sure if it's them or Spartak that play on that. So they want to be a little bit careful, but I think it'll, it won't be the... I don't think we'll see Schweinsteiger out there, but it'll be a fairly strong United team. Hopefully he gets Marshall arrest. Yeah, he's been playing a fair bit lately, so um, hopefully he gets a bit of a rest. Um, Arsenal are up against Bayern Munich, and I Lol. think Bayern Munich uh, supporters are uh, planning a protest where they don't watch the first five minutes of the game, but they do that, they might miss three or four goals. Lewandowski. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Got to see, see if he can break his record. Go six and six and ten. Someone's Arsenal gonna get smashed. It'll. It's, yeah. We know what's gonna happen. I mean, just again, Bayern Munich have too much quality around the park. Well, it's funny because Arsenal always somehow seem to make the knockout stage and they always do it by getting a quite strange result in the group stage after struggling a bit. Um, I think they did it a few years ago against... Uh, might even have been Bayern Munich, I'm not sure. They're in a group with someone and they managed to get quite a decent upset result. Um, yeah, but Arsenal always seem to lose to German teams. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They embody the French in that way. <laughs> no, French lose to German armies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, Chelsea have Dynamo Kiev, so they're another side travelling over to the uh, eastern parts of Europe. Um, do we see them winning that one? They, they seem to have had quite a decent start to the Champions League. They well, they probably should, but again, trips to like again away games in Europe tend to be pretty hard when you go a long distance. So again, it depends on how what Mourinho does. I mean, you'd expect them to win. Yeah, um, there's no. I mean, there's so Man City's got Sevilla, um, but probably the only other big game. Um, worth discussing is the El Clasico between uh, PSG and Real Madrid, which which could be quite an interesting game. Do we see Do we see any chance for PSG to snatch the win in that one? There a chance, but <laughs> you'd expect Real Madrid to just dominate them. I suppose on that topic we should mention. Um, Ronaldo's overtaken Raul as the leading Real Madrid goal scorer, I believe. Yeah, apparently he can not score in a single game to about twenty, like twenty twenty one, and still have a better goals per games ratio than Raul. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, he's, he's played what three, two hundred games, three hundred games for um, Real Madrid. I think I've missed the stat, but Raul played about seven hundred to get the goals that he's got. So, I mean, say what you want about Ronaldo, but his goal-scoring exploits are pretty impressive. Um, it's, did a you... pretty, it's, a pretty pathetic, it's a pretty pathetic lead defensively once you get down to the bottom half of the table. It's still a fantastic achievement, but it's, it wouldn't be the same in the Premier League. Let's put it that way. Yeah. It'd be at least a goal a day, not a goal and a half a day. Um, do you, any chance that Rooney's going to march on and break Shearer's record now that he's joined second? No chance. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's what, about 70 behind, I think? 70 hey, goals off. So I think he's lucky if he'll have about seven goals left in him in, in total. Uh, <laughs> Where's goal? <laughs> Sorry? Where's zone goal? Yeah. <laughs> 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 they must, they've got to be up there. Have a good year. Joined top score They were up there for United a few years ago once, wasn't it? I, I think I remember a season where United had uh, quite a lot of own goals. Uh, for them, obviously, not against them. I think it was... I know we won a title in that year. I think it was yeah, either yeah. 2010 or 11 or 2008-9. I think it was quite recent, yeah. Where they, there, there's a significant amount of own goals uh, in your favour. And um, the Scousers were melting in chanting conspiracies. <laughs> yeah, I think that would, that would have been 08-09, I think. I remember that year very fondly. Um, Is that the baseball? Mm, I don't think it was that. Was it that year? Yeah, it was that year. They only lost two games that year, so I think it would have been maybe a bit later than 08 09. The year after. All I know is that uh, Mr. Steve Bruce was in charge of Sunderland that day, and it was a uh, very enjoyable uh, performance <laughs> from Sunderland, I must say. Um, speaking of Sunderland, we might, we might chat now about the upcoming games in the Premier League, and we've got the Tyne Weir Derby. Uh, which, of course, makes it perfect timing to have NUFC on the podcast. Um, how do you see this one? Do you think you can finally get the win over the um, ne- noisy neighbours? 
I guess uh, the last few clashes haven't installed uh, a lot of confidence in me. Um, I don't know what it is about the bloody Mackhams, but they just they don't do anything for the season. And as soon as the derby comes around, they just you know they think they're Barcelona or something. They just pull something from nowhere. Um, maybe it's just the case of our players just not capturing the spirit of the derby. I'm not too sure, but. Um, I, I'll be happy not to lose the dive, I'll just say that. <laughs> um, uh, and, and happy not to concede a screamer, I suppose, because they seem to score those pretty regularly against you as well. Yeah, uh, it's, it's quite frustrating when uh, you see their, um, you know, their season highlights that are, you know, about a minute in length and you know, <laughs> half the goals are against us. It's quite um, oh, believe it's you, to swallow. Believe you me, watching the... Um, getting invested in the relegation race in the run in, at the end of last season and watching them beat Everton courtesy of two own goals uh, was one of the more frustrating matches I've ever watched. They they pull some results out of nowhere uh, at pretty much any time. I mean, they, they went... wasn't They broke Mourinho's... Um, streak of never losing at Stamford Bridge to stay up the season before that. It's just, I, I don't know what they've done. I mean, their, their nickname's the Black Cats, but they certainly haven't killed any recently, so they've, they've got a fair <laughs> bit of luck on their side. Um, we've got a, we've got another fair derby to talk about as well in the Mancunian derby, um, United up against City. It's going to be a pretty interesting game. I mean, winner of that game goes top. Um Rate yourselves pretty highly, guys. It honestly depends on what the team will be for us. Which sounds very odd, but if we play the same team versus Everton, I reckon we win because our midfield will romp all over Fernandinho and Yaya. Because Yaya will not do any defensive running whatsoever. Do you guys see Herrera getting another start? Yes, sir. It has to start, but um, I think this has got this has got one matter's name all over <laughs> it. And he's going to pop up the smiling assassin he is, and at the double two nil. Who who do you see? Um, who do you see as the most dangerous player? I suppose in the city lineup that you have to contain is it someone like Sterling, uh, given the amount of goals he's scored against. Um, Bournemouth, or is it more someone like De Bruyne who's clearly pulling the strings in midfield? De Bruyne. De Bruyne. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a pretty pretty obvious one. I just wanted to see how you guys saw it. Um, but yeah, we have um, De Gea and Mike Smalling. <laughs> It'd be interesting to see if Van Hal uses the same tactic that he used against Everton, where he really played Marshall out in the left wing because he can play there. And because Seamus Coleman has been tearing in out of a new one for about five years, <clears throat> and Coleman basically spent the whole game trying to track Marshall. He was too scared of Marshall going forward. He went he couldn't get forwards, so he might chuck Marshall out on that on that left hand side just to make De Bruyne accountable, so he's not just going forward all game and hurting us. So interesting. Coleman was probably just still hungover from. Um... Beating Germany in the international break. <laughs> it's got to cut him a bit of slack. Yeah. Do you think he was giving Schweinsteiger some trap? 
<laughs> well, I'm sure Smudge Sagas can cry into his uh, World Cup winning medal. Probably. Um, other games of interest, I suppose we've got Arsenal up against Everton at home. Um, and I think I've mentioned a few weeks ago, Everton's had quite a tough start to the season. And I think after this game against Arsenal, it'll lighten up a bit for them. Um, it's an interesting one because I think like United, Everton have quite a decent record against Arsenal. Uh, so it could be quite an interesting game. Uh, I think I remember a few years ago when Martinez had them um, performing quite well. Coleman, the man in question, was was uh, you know pulling tricks out of his ass to sort of run rings around the Arsenal players. Um, so it could be an interesting match. How do you guys see this one? <laughs> you expect Arsenal to win. I mean, if Arsenal's midfield plays as well as they did. Theoretically, they should tear Everton a new one, just like they did to us. I can see a high-scoring draw. Ross Barkley, at some stage soon, is going to explode onto the scene. He and was coming really very close t- against you guys. Yeah, that, there was that kind of free kick to the to the far post. He got the ball to dip about two metres in, in about half a second. It was... Strange to watch. So, yeah, he's on, on the precipice of really coming out as as an elite player in, in, in the comp. So I can see I see a 2-2 draw in this game. I don't think Gareth Barry's going to be able to do enough work against Ozil and Sanchez and uh, Walcotts to prevent Arsenal from scoring. Um. In in a game that not many would have expected to to feature sides at the top of the table, we've got um, Leicester up against Crystal Palace uh, in fifth against sixth. Um, quite bizarrely, I mean, if one of those sides wins, they'll feasibly be uh, nestled inside the top four, um, given one of City and United have to lose or drop points at least in their derby. Um, Leicester, they've only lost one game for the season against Arsenal, uh, and have, I think they've actually recovered the most points of any side in the Premier League from a losing position. Does their run have to stop at some point, or is the momentum just sort of keeping them going? Well, we did say the same about Sunderland last year, did we not? Sunderland? What? I mean, Southampton. Uh, Southampton, sorry, yeah. <laughs> 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 must have, must have uh, blinked and missed the, the surge in Sunderland form. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. We did we did say about the same about Southampton. Um, the interesting point, distinction I'd make about Leicester is, and um, I think Jats or Friartuck was making the point, I mean, you've got guys like Fouche and Kante who are not regularly getting starts for their side and Kramaric and Ujoa and so on. So they do seem to have quite a decent amount of depth whether it's good enough to keep them up that end of the table, time will tell, I suppose. Yeah, because usually they hit January and fixtures start building up and all those sides, they think, oh, yeah, they're going to make a run for the top four and all that. They usually just go to complete and utter crap in that two-month period. And that's probably the big difference. I mean, the depth between top four sides and mid-tap sides is quite huge. Well, I'll tell you what, just to do them a favour, we've um, we've got them in the League Cup next week, which will chat about a bit more on the next podcast but just to do them a favour we'll um, we'll knock them out of that one to uh, lighten up their fixture load <laughs> um, and probably the last game worth discussing is uh, Liverpool against Liverpool Light in um, Southampton in the final game of the 
round. Um, a decent chance for Klopp to get a first win under his belt at home. Uh, do we do we see them getting across the line? I think there's going to be a one-all draw. Liverpool yep. are going to struggle to score without their main forwards. What did we make of Origi? What did what, what did we make of him on his um, league debut? <laughs> that good. That, that no, good was he? He shows flashes. He shows flashes, but um, unfortunately, because he hasn't been out there enough. With, He's like he's been kind of rotting on the pine for the last yeah. nine weeks, and he, he had a bit of a stinker last year, and, and kind of struggled with a lot of expectation on his shoulders and not, not much around him. Um, but yeah, like he, he showed flashes, but he's not the he's not the complete finished article, and they need that right now. Well, it is a big blow for them with Sturridge, um, Benteke, and Ings all out at the moment. Is Benteke due back soon? I don't know how serious that injury was. No idea. No idea? No, no. no idea. Be interesting. Okay. Uh, we'll run through then quickly and we'll get a score prediction from each of you for the uh, for each game. Um, we've got Villa against Swansea in the first game. Um, so we'll run through NUFC, then Cookson, then Boyan. All right. Uh, I suspect Swansea will get up maybe 2-1. Gookson? Uh, uh, 2-0 to Swansea. It's the battle 2-1, of the IU. Thomas and Andre Ayew. Well, it's the, yeah, I was going to say, it's the battle of the IU brothers. So I might say, yeah, I might say 2-1 to Swansea with both IU scoring and maybe uh, Gomez Ooh. finally getting one to uh, get that duck, break that duck. Well, the drought, I suppose. Um, Leicester against Crystal Palace? I'll go maybe a 1 0 to Leicester. 2 0 Leicester. 2 1 Leicester. Dwight Dale's being sent off on the weekend. Um, he'll be missing, and that, that'll that be a loss for him. Um, Palace are pretty good away from home, so I might go a 1 1 draw. Um, Leicester have been drawing a few games lately, so. Uh, it'll be an interesting one, that's for sure. Um, Norwich up against West Brom. Ooh. Nil or draw. Humanity to lose. <laughs> uh, I might go 2-2, that one. Is this one Norwich-West Ham, did you say? Uh, Norwich-West West Brom. Brom. Oh, West Brom. Oh, God. 1-0 Norwich. <laughs> In a terrible game. Don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, next up is Stoke against Watford, and, and uh, given Watford's defensive displays lately, maybe this one will be pretty low scoring as well. I'm going to go two, two all. Uh, I'll go two one to Stoke Alona. I think one one. Jack Butland saving their asses again. <laughs> I think Watford will be all over them. They'll sneak a lucky goal, and Jack Butland will be mad at that by miles. Um, after after a win to wet their sails, I think Chelsea might come crashing back down to earth with um, their next opponents in West Ham. Uh, how do we see that one? West Ham winning two nil. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, West Ham been pretty good form, and Chelsea have been 
the complete opposite of pretty good form. So yeah, I'll probably go one nil to West Ham. Actually, I think um, didn't Chelsea have a tough uh, midweek game in the Champions League as well? But um, were they travelling to Russia? Was it? Yeah, Ukraine. Oh, yeah, <coughs> Ukraine. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. So, um, 3-1 West Ham, Dimitri <laughs> Payet to make Fabregas his bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm liking um, Payet scoring in this one, and, and um, it's not too crazy to suggest West Ham will win that. After all, they've had wins against Arsenal and City and also Liverpool. So, uh, if you can still call Chelsea a big team, I mean, they, they, they're doing pretty well against the big clubs. So, I might go 2-0 to West Ham. Uh, Arsenal against Everton? Arsenal 3-0. Uh, I sort of got the feeling that it's the kind of game that Arsenal are going to not lose, but they'll drop points. Um, I've got a feeling that Everton might want to bounce back after this week or past weekend's results. I might go 1-1. Good game to watch. Yeah, I might go with 2-2 as well. I think that one would be quite a quite an entertaining one. Um, the big one, we've got the Tyne Weir derby. Um, what's, what's your score prediction for that one uh, in UFC? Uh, I think uh, Fornaldum will go to town on the Mackens. Um, <laughs> maybe Ginger Perlow to score in uh, injury time just to make it a nice 5-0 route. <laughs> uh, realistically, though, I'll probably go 2-2. Three nil Newcastle. Alexander Mitrovic to make himself a hero. One nil ninetieth minute winner for Newcastle. Oh, surely, surely it's on the cards for him to get a, get a red card. The way he's been going. Oh, he can still. <laughs> oh, well, he'll take his shirt off and jump in the stands <laughs> and headbutt a Mackham supporter as well. <laughs> um, uh, I might go. I might go two-one to Newcastle. Yeah, a late goal to win it for them from uh, Van Alden. Perhaps he's he's looking pretty good. Um, Bournemouth up against Spurs. Two 0 to Spurs. Yeah, I'll go two 0 as well to Spurs. Two-two. Even without <laughs> Callum Wilson in the side, I really liked. Um, Glenn Murray on the weekend against City, and I think they've got enough to just to pinch something. Spurs aren't fluid going forward. Harry Kane, he needs a goal like nobody's business. He I'm, needs anything at the I'm, moment. I'm glad that you've noticed Glenn Murray, Boyan, and I'm, I'm hopeful that you've noticed that he was not <laughs> playing in. He was not playing in the championship last year. <laughs> um, I, I think I think Spurs will win this one, but it might be something like two uh, one or one nil. I think Bournemouth. I mean, they they got taken to town against City, but City are in pretty ferocious form at the moment. Um, but Bournemouth aren't travelling too poorly, and I think Eddie Howe's actually just signed a new deal for them as well. So that's that's great to see. So yeah, I think Spurs in a close one. Uh, the Manchester Derby boys. Two 0 United. Three one United. I won that a double and Mike. To the go. <laughs> uh, go two 0 to City. I think. 
stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear! After after they tipped Newcastle to beat Sunderland, look what you do to them. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to go against the grain as well. I might go three-one to Man City. I think um, they're, they're looking very they're looking very free-flowing at the moment and very hard to stop. I think but their Bruyne, midfield is weak. Their midfield is weak. They've got De Bruyne sitting in there. I guess Navas will miss a few sitters. Who's going to track back? <laughs> Uh, Fernandinho, maybe? Also, one against the combined might of Schneiderlin, Schweinsteiger, Herrera. Crabs. <laughs> oh, De Bruyne's going to... this week? <laughs> oh, mate. 1-1 one, one draw with Sheffield Wednesday. Don't get me started. Um, <laughs> uh, and then Liverpool-Southampton. I reckon Southampton A will win this game 1-0. Southampton B to be disappointed under hipster German once again. <laughs> Southampton B. He's overrated with Klopp now. He could have been nice, could have been a good bloke, but no. <laughs> overrated. He only won his titles when Bayern were in transition. <laughs> <laughs> And UFC? Oh, I'll go 1 1 draw. I'm going to go for 2 2. I think Graziano Pele is going to destroy Martin Skirtle. Or Lovren. Um, I think 2 1 to Liverpool. I think they'll um, just have the edge to edge out. Um, Klopp's first game in front of the COP. Uh, so, I mean, it'll, it'll certainly be an interesting game to tune in for. Hopefully it's a good atmosphere at Anfield for once. Hopefully we'll be actually able to hear a bit of um, <laughs> chanting. <laughs> um, and just in a quick round-up, since you asked for it, uh, Bayan, uh, Brighton remain the only undefeated side in England, so that's... Um, Bit of an interesting streak to watch out for. They're, they're stretching their lead in the um, championship. They're now on 25 points, whilst uh, second-placed Borough are only on 22 points, I believe. I'll just pull that up. Um, and Hull have dropped out of the top six for the first time this season. So, uh, looking a bit uh, iffy for Steve Bruce. Yeah, so... Oh, actually, it's Reading on 21 points. But there's a bit of a logjam with Reading... Middlesbrough, Birmingham, and Burnley all on 21 points. Um, in fairness, we're only on 19 points, so it's not as if we're that far off second, but uh, dropping points to, she- to Sheffield Wednesday, probably not the way to go. But uh, Abel Hernandez, who... Who are you playing this week? Uh, we've got Ipswich midweek during the Champions League fixtures, and they're sitting in uh, 10th place, so only three points behind us. Uh, and then I think... I think we've got Birmingham on the weekend, and they're obviously two points ahead of us at the moment. So, uh, a couple of big games for us, both at home. Uh, and as I've been saying to Friar Tuck uh, in the League Cup thread, if uh, we can get through those two games undefeated, when Leicester come to the KC, it'll be the uh, undefeated away side against the undefeated home side. So, could be could make for quite a good League Cup game. But um, Hernandez actually has six goals in eight games for us after missing the first three games with um, a suspension for uh, sack-whacking Phil Jones on the last day of the season. <laughs> so uh, he's, he's turned right. into a bit of a prolific goal scorer for us, so hopefully he can keep that up. Um, 
Any closing thoughts, boys? Yeah, absolutely going to win five now this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mike Smalling's pockets are becoming uh, too big, man. Where's this come from? Why is he, why is he Mike Smalling? <laughs> because Van Hal in preseason, it's at a, when he, Chris Smalling was right next to him, he said his name is Mike Smalling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, uh, any closing thoughts in UFC? Good uh, to get a win? Nothing really for me, just that uh, hopefully this time next week we'll be uh, toasting a belated toon victory in the derby. So. Yep, hopefully there's a couple of derby wins for your boys, even though you are uh, terrible sports in wishing Hull good luck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, thank you for coming on, boys. No worries. My uh, pleasure. No worries, mate. And thank you all for listening in. Uh, we'll be back same time next week. Until then, I hope your side gets a win, especially if you support Man City. Until So why would you want North Melbourne to win, though? <laughs> Adelaide. Why would I want them to win? Where's this going right now? Where, where's, where's, this, where's this going, Cookson? I'm not a well, because Roomba and... Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you now. I'm with you now. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Got there in the end. Uh, anyway, thank you. Thank you all for listening in. It's been a bit of an extended uh, recording tonight. Until next week, we'll see you on the forums.